Welcome to episode four of our five-part investing in women-centric transport series with Nangamso Matabesi Maponya. I'm Timothy Maurice Webster, a behavioral psychology author, and my interest in women's leadership and gender equality brought myself and Nangamso together to explore her pioneering vision for women in transport. Nangamso, welcome to episode four. Thank you, Timothy. Great to be here. I am excited. You know what's amazing is that all of our episodes so far, up until three, have built onto each other. It's been such an inspiring journey with you, and we're going to continue to go in this direction by speaking about growth today, the role of transport in driving the nation forward and helping us build. And you have an example on your LinkedIn. In our previous episode, we went to your LinkedIn to show just how transport systems and the inability to design transport systems for women can make women vulnerable. And we shared a LinkedIn link that went to Twitter to show what had happened in a taxi rank. Let's go back to your LinkedIn. By the way, you post a lot of really powerful, wonderful things on LinkedIn, so thank you. (laughs) We're gonna go back to your LinkedIn to highlight an example of how an informal trader could benefit from a modified transport system. Tell us a little bit about it. Thanks, Timothy. And my LinkedIn presence has been filled with transport conversations lately, and I'm quite excited. So I actually managed to pick up a lot of posts and reshare and and get involved in various conversations around issues that really relate to transport. Okay. Because for me, I see the transport link in those things. So last week we said that the transport systems are meant to support human activity. So a human activity that I'm gonna talk about now is an example of an informal trader that that we're referring to on that LinkedIn post. So there's two posts that I'm gonna refer to. And both of these were posts that were, were put in by other people. One is referring to a, a woman informal trader who the, the author of the post went something about, every time you see these guys on the side of the street, try to buy something, not because you need it, but because you're supporting their business. Yes. And there may be various views around whether or not we're doing it to equip them, to support their businesses. And we're recognizing the service that they're providing or the, the product that they're selling, or we're combining that with the charity side of things where we recognizing the need for them to do those businesses and their requirement for supporting their families. If you, if you look at the taxi rank, all taxi ranks have informal traders. They all have someone buying something or selling something. So that for me is part of the transport value chain. There's another post which then showed a woman with a baby on her back and a basket full of goods on on top of her head, walking towards her trading area. So there's three things that are happening in that picture. I shared that on my LinkedIn also. There's three things that are happening. There's a baby on the back. So the woman is caring for a child. She's transporting goods from one place to another. Thirdly, she is trading. So there's three things that are happening there. Caring for the child, transportation, and trading. So what is the role of transportation in that picture? How can we bring in 
tra transportation benefits to make the life of that woman a lot more easier. If that woman would have been given an opportunity to enter into a more efficient transport system, cost-effective, time-sensitive, and safe public transport system, she would have been able to do the things that she does, carry on and complete her trade faster and probably make more money because she would spend more time trading than transporting herself. And that gives her more money. And if she makes more money, then she's able to hire someone to take care of her child or take her child to school while she continues to trade. So there's so many benefits that a transport system could have solved that just that one picture. I can even see how, even if the transport system wasn't so disjunctured and fragmented, she may be able to drop off her child even with another family member. But because yes. the system is so limited, she almost had to keep the child with her. Mm -hmm. that, that's very true. So that picture alone paints a reality of the woman's daily life. And it happens a lot in developing in poor countries. So what I want to focus on today is the role of transport systems in economic growth. And we say transport enables communication, it enables trade and other forms of exchange between people. In turn, it establishes civilization and globalization. That we all know. As soon as we started recognizing the need to move between one parts of the world to another, we had to improve our transport and communication systems. Got so it. it also integrates various regions within the country itself, giving people better understanding of their neighboring environment and the world. So it's also enabler to education and open-mindedness. And that then provides opportunities. Once you understand the world next to you looks like and how people live and what they need, you're able to derive some opportunities out of those spaces. So learning and economic opportunities, transport is one of the enablers to allow for that. So the transport system is like a vein system, simply moving oxygen and nutrients to our body cells. So without that, our, our different parts of the body is not able to get the necessary nutrients that the air needs. So it's, it's the core of everything that we're trying to do. And again, transport is meant to support human activity. So if you are not providing transport, you are deriving people from doing the things that they so desire. Now into getting in a lot more technical side. When we talk about the role of transport, we can focus on three key areas. Okay, role before of, we go into, before we dive into the technical side, I want to do a commercial break real quick. I just want to say to everyone who listen who's been following this series that I want to make sure that we fully appreciate the level of dedication that Nangamso has put into this women-centric transport model and just how pioneering it is. If we look around the entire world, there's probably no other woman of color who has spent this much time in thinking about how we lift and enabled women, particularly women of color, to be able to thrive. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Thank you. I always appreciate this, this <laughs> advert slots. <laughs> Thank you for that, Timothy. So I wanted to focus on the, 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 role, the role of transport in three different areas. 
the, uh, the economic role of transport, the social role of transport, as well as the political role of transport. This episode is based on how transport plays a role in economic growth. So it's very okay. important that we bring in those aspects. So in terms of the economic role of transport, we do know that people depend upon natural resources to satisfy the needs of their life. So under economic role of transport, we know that people depend on natural resources to satisfy the needs of life. These resources range from material things to knowledge and skills, as well as basic needs like, like, like health. So in accessing these resources, we need an efficient transport system then so that people can have economic benefits through the transportation system. Okay. Then we we'll talk about the social benefits. So in the early days, we know that people lived in settlements which extended near to the rivers. They managed to access the resources they need. They planted and, and grew their food. So everything was just around them. That is now how the initial settlements were done. Then they moved into smaller developments, but with time, cities grew beyond normal walking distances. And then transportation played a big role in people moving from one place to another. It's very true that you either move resource goods and resources to people or you move people to goods and resources. And in this instance, transportation is the only thing that can provide that interaction. Thirdly, we talk about the political role of transportation. Governments of an area must be able to send or get information about its people. This could be laws, security, um, information that needed to generate awareness or various types of information the government needs to be able to govern a specific area. The, so the primary function of transportation then is to transfer these messages and information. It is needed for rapid movement of emergency services and all sorts of essential services politicians or government need to provide to the people. So those are the three key areas. In these areas of transport, there are key stakeholders. There are users, the financiers, their owners or operators, as well as middlemen who would be maybe construction companies, designers, system generators, and so on. So these stakeholders, the role that they're playing is so significant that if you have one that is not satisfied or that is not playing an, an adequate role, you're likely to have the system broken and you're likely mm. to not get the benefits that you're looking for. The example that we, we've been talking about now is focusing a lot on the users and a certain group of users, which is women. But the infrastructure, the infrastructure conversation is linked to the owners and operators. The design conversation is, there, is linked to designers and contractors and, and system maintainers and so on. All those different stakeholders need to come in together. The experiences of a user, the only valuable input you can get in designing better is from a user. It's from a user's experience. So it's very important that as we try and improve things, we need to recognize that each stakeholder has some input to make, to making things better. And each stakeholder has some benefits in hearing one side of the, the various loop of stakeholders. Yeah, what I like about this is that it's like you're, 
analogy to what's happening with the body and oxygen flowing throughout the blood and the body. Because if there is a disruption or some sort of tumor or some sort of blockages on one side, then the other part of the body and the blood can't flow to the other side. And it stops Absolutely. the transportation. And I really like that, that if all stakeholders have to be stepped up, planned their part and driven. But just my quick question before you continue is, who is the brain of this? Like, who is responsible to ensure? Is it government to ensure that all of these stakeholders are flowing so that can, the body can execute and thrive at the highest optimal level? So in, in the next episode, actually, what I wanted to focus on is why we need everyone's voice, particularly women's voice in design, in, in financing, and in the infrastructure and the planning side of things. You need everyone's voice within. Because the design element, the infrastructure and the design are probably led by government with technical engineers and town planners and all those people who are looking at it from the technical or the engineering side of things. Whereas if you have within those group of people, you bring a user's experience that then says to you, what you have designed over the years really doesn't work in this way, in that way, in that way. The responsibility doesn't lie with one. It lies with that those group of stakeholders. Owners of the infrastructure control. They control what happens in that environment because they are the ones who build the infrastructure and own it. However, the benefits they they aim to derive from those, owners of infrastructure being government in many cases. Government is building the infrastructure for the general public to benefit. They have a social contract with a user. If they don't meet the obligations of that social contract through the infrastructure that they own, they don't stand to benefit. Government doesn't stand to benefit. So it's no use for government to keep doing things that are not working for the very client that they plan to service. You wanted to say something. Yes. Your analogy is interesting in that there are a lot of voices contributing to this, right? But I don't know if you've ever been to a church and you hear a choir where the voices are all over the place. My cousin directs a really mass choir. It's like a few hundred people in a choir. And when I watch him orchestrate, you realize that the sopranos, the tenors, the altos, and everyone coming in together, when they're singing on the same page because of the orchestration and the channeling of those voices, it's a powerful force. So I want to know who is designed to orchestrate these powerful individual silos and sectors? Well, if you look at it right now, there are active conversations that are happening between government and the transport industry, in particular the the taxi industry. And this is in response to what you, you mentioned now, a choir that has many voices and they are not orchestrated in a coordinated fashion, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Everyone is trying to run their own show, pull in their own directions. But until we all come together and say, let us then find a coordination point for ourselves. I mean, a typical example for a coordination point in Gauteng is the development of the establishment of the transport authority 
the provincial transport authority okay that is I to see. coordinate authority is meant to coordinate what government is trying to do what the industry is expecting what the users are experiencing and how the economy benefits from all of this got it and, the, you and how the life life is improved from okay got all it. these various parts yeah uh, so sorry to disturb <laughs> i i just i just needed to know who is the choir director <laughs> I am um, developing a product or an instrument that could be a solution to this, but I'm keeping it to reps for okay. now. No problem. We'll see. We'll talk about it at some at, at a later stage. Okay. So I mean, building the story around what we want to do, what uh, what we want transport to do for the for the country and for the economy. And we, I want to bring this now to the South African context. Okay. And say, under the white paper for transport policy that was done in 1996, the Department of Transport are just going to read it exactly as it is so okay. that we get the, the context of what government is trying to do. And then we can talk about whether government has the plan to do that or whether government has the capacity to do that or not. I just okay. want to put it out there and then we can draw, we can push the conversation from that point. So it reads like this. The white paper for transport policy 1996, it reads like this. The broad goal of transport is the smooth and efficient interaction that allows society and the economy to assume their preferred form. To play this role, policies in the transport sector must be outward looking, shaped by the needs of society in general, of the users or customers of transport and of the economy that transport has to support. Transport can also play a leadership role, for example, in acting as a catalyst for development or in correcting spatial distortions. It follows from this that the priorities in providing and using the transport system should be consistent with those that have been set for the country as a whole. These priorities are summed up in the elements of the reconstruction and development program, namely meeting the basic needs, growing the economy, developing human resources, and democratizing the state and the society. So the vision for South African transport is of a system which will, quote, provide safe, reliable, efficient, effective, and fully integrated transport operations and infrastructure which will best meet the needs of freight and passenger customers at improving levels of service and cost in a fashion which supports government strategies for economic and social development, whilst being environmentally and economically sustainable. That's basically saying we simply support human activity. We do the things that we do so that we provide an improved socioeconomic status and better quality of life, period. When we talk about socioeconomic status for individuals, we need to meet the users and the industry needs. How do we do that? If back to the, the, the main part, the core of this podcast, how do we do that when we say users, we leave a big chunk of the population. The big part of the population being women are not yet categorized as users because they don't feature in the system. And the reason why they don't feature in the system is because the system doesn't cater for them. 
it excludes them. So when we respond to users' needs, we may be saying that we want to be inclusive, we are building transport systems for everyone to benefit. However, a user is the one that currently is using the system. However, you can grow your user's base in order for you to grow your economic development. You can grow your user's base by accommodating their needs which are not being catered for in the system currently. So without the correct government strategy, the, these goals of sustainability, integration and efficiency will be highly unlikely. And with the budget scenarios, with the limited budget scenarios that we know of, government simply plans to the bare minimum and they provide the bare minimum. So what we need to do now is back to your question, who is responsible for all of this? We have the various stakeholders because government owns, typically owns transport systems and, and infrastructure in general. We tend to look towards government to provide solutions. If we were to all recognize both public and, and private sector, if we were to all recognize the, the, the impact and the benefits we all derive from having people transported from one place to another, goods transported from one place to another, we all stand to benefit. And therefore we must all put in the work in making this thing work. So if employers cannot provide safe and reliable transport system for their female employees, they are depriving themselves from benefiting from a productive female workforce. They are depriving themselves from a, a diverse workforce because there's a group of people who are left behind. Okay. Sorry, I, I think I get that. And I get that. I mean, this is very clear. And I think for me, if you look at GDP growth across the world and you align it with sort of transport goals, there has to be sort of synergy between those two. So anyway, um, we're completely on the same page. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you make that point because then I was going to start talking about the sustainable development goals the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So when you look at that, I mean, the world sets, the world leaders sat around the table and said, these are the key areas, 17 mm. areas that we want to focus on in yes. terms of proving the socioeconomic status of various countries in the world. Out of those 17, none of them are related to transport. Not it doesn't even make one any sense to me. Mentions transport. And then I just want to focus on the first five. Okay. The first one says no poverty. Number two, zero hunger. Number three, good health and well-being. Number four, quality education. And number five, gender equality. Without having a transport goal, then you say to yourself, without the transport being an enabler, at least to a bare minimum, the first five will not be achieved if we don't provide transport. As, a, as an enabler to us achieving those goals. So it's very key that, it's very important that we, we shift our focus and make sure that as we try to navigate ourselves in achieving those sustainable development goals as the country and in, in, the, in the continent, we need to recognize the need for people to access education, to access opportunities, to be able to transport the goods to be able to transport themselves towards where they need to access food. If you say good health, 
Are, are you gonna you gonna speak about how we do that in episode five? I'm imagining. So in episode five, what I want to focus on is why we need to bring in a woman's voice at the table okay. yeah. to change the landscape. Okay. Okay. No, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that that's my focus. So in 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 us failing to to recognize the importance of transport, we are likely to hinder ourselves in achieving the 17 goals. There's an energy goal, energy related goal, there's water related goal, there's even communications related goal. Yeah. There's no transport related goal. However, for all of those things, for industries to, to be developed, for jobs to be created, for health services to be provided, something has to be transported. It's either the goods or the people, yes. one way or the other. And then, I, then I want to go into goal number five, SDG five, which is gender equality. This one, when we talk about equality, we want to give people equal access. And in my first episode, I think it was the first episode, I said there is no equal access if you don't cater for the, if you don't cater for the specific and unique needs of everyone. Yes. Then I said in the design episode, the gender neutral designs are the very designs that perpetuate gender equality. So how do we then move towards achieving this sustainable development goal, number five? So I think for me, I think we need to recognize that we need to pay more attention in giving women special attention, in particular to, to achieve the first four, no poverty, no hunger, quality health, quality education. Those are household and home care related goals. And we all know that women are the ones who are leading in that space. If you don't give women who are at the core of that very function, if you don't give them the access to be able to provide those four goals for their households, the countries will never meet those goals. We'll never meet those goals. So the primary focus should be on, does a woman have the capacity and the capability to be able to assist us in providing those? And in this instance, transport for me is one piece of infrastructure that we need to focus on. We need to provide the access. We need to design them correctly. We need to make sure that they are, they are efficient enough for women to actively access all the, the opportunities that they need to access and be able to provide access to children and elderly, good quality education and health, and make sure that we deal with hunger and poverty, particularly in the country. So for us to be able to go into economic growth, those are the first few things that we need to deal with. We need to deal with the basics. Once you deal with those basics, then you're able to say, is the woman who's able to access the transport system now seeing enough opportunities? Is she provided with enough opportunities? Can she pay for the healthcare? Can she now buy food for her family? Can she now take her kids to school or to the clinic? Once we craft and make sure that we master that, we would have achieved a lot more as a society. I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, this episode for me takes us down a journey where we go, we're not just talking. This has a bottom line impact on people's lives. Definitely. Let's go back to the example of 
uh, woman and informal trader that we spoke about yes. earlier in the episode. So the picture that, that was posted on LinkedIn with a woman um, carrying a baby on her back with a basket of goods going for trade, how, that, that, how the transport system could actually improve that woman's life is magnificent. Firstly, if she had access to a transport system that is safe, cost-efficient, and fast, she would be able to transport those goods faster, get to the place where she needs to trade, and probably trade for longer and make a lot more money. In her making more money, she then would probably be able to afford care for her child, where her child can access education or she can be in a safe environment instead of being in the street with her mother while she's trading. The, the other benefit could be that she could then educate herself, take herself to school. She could take a child to a family, take a child to school. Then she will, the child will be able to access education. So there's so many benefits a, trans, yes. a simple transport system could provide and change that woman's life. So we see it and we see it as normal that women should spend hours walking, transporting themselves to get to where they want to be. And in some cases, they don't even get there because then there's harassment on the way or they get robbed. They can, can even get robbed of the goods that they're planning to trade or deal with a child who's exposed to viruses and stand in the sun for a long time and a whole <laughs> lot of other uh, health issues that come with that. And then try, in losing a day, taking a child to hospital is losing income on the other side. So a mere efficient transport system could make a, a, a huge difference in how that woman and that child's life can be improved. I think this is the perfect way to kind of segue towards a close. We're thinking about enabling people. We gave people a task in the last episode. You know, I have tried to be really conscious about what are the disabling versus the enabling issues in and around transport. Uh, I've looked at everything from how boom gates are designed to just in general, in Jay, looking around. And I'm super curious. I'd love your guys' feedback in terms of you've been able to follow this task. It would really mean a lot. Do you have a task for this week? Yes. A task for this week. I want to follow through on, on, the, on the challenge that was put on, on LinkedIn by the gentleman who posted an informal trader who we all need to support. I want to punt on that and say, do go, do make that stop, buy a packet of apples, buy a packet of sweets, buy bananas, buy whatever you can buy from them because you want to enable them to be back there tomorrow and selling more and make more money and improving their lives. There's a child behind the, the scenes whose education depends on the five rand that you could be spending with that woman. There's a child education who depends on you making that stop. So make a conscious decision, that. make that stop make a change, however small it is. I like that because at the end of the day, while you're on your transport journey, we're not asking you to do anything you're not already doing. You are transporting yourself in different places 
Think about it this way. My transport journey, I can support someone to help their transport journey. Thanks, Nagamsa, for your pioneering vision for women in transport. And thanks to everyone who listened and shares these episodes. Next week, we'll dive into our final episode, episode five, where you share more about women getting involved. Please make sure I would like you to share this episode with at least one person that you know who is interested in helping women move forward. Thank you. Let's keep moving. <laughs>